bits and pretzels inspire you. You will figure it out. This is clearly the place to be. Servus everyone, I'm Britta Wendling, editor-in-chief of Bits and Pretzels, and I welcome you to this new episode of our podcast. If you are a female founder looking for new cash and you want to learn the exclusive insights and tricks of an experienced investor to make it in the still male-dominated startup world, and you are a male founder and you just lost one of your best female executives and you realize you need to turn around your company's culture now, this episode might hold the answers to your questions because I talked to the experienced entrepreneur and investor Geza Mitschaikar, who is the co-founder of capital firm Auxo, as well as a board member of the German Startup Association. In our conversation, Geza shares how to network for success as a female founder, how to pitch in front of an all-male investor audience, as well as how to create more diversity within your company for better financial results. Because after what happened in scandal-ridden firms such as Wirecard with an all-male leadership and N26 that made headlines with an internal rebellion against its management, Geza is convinced that gender equality matters more than ever for the future of your company. If there would have been females investing in those companies, I think, yes, probably things would have been a little bit different. And Geza is also joining us at our Bits and Pretzels Networking Week from September 27th to October 2nd. Our listeners can apply for a 10% of regular ticket prices. Just write to us at media at bitsandpretzels.com. Again, that's media at bitsandpretzels.com to get 10% off our regular ticket prices. Hi, Geza. Thanks for coming on the Bits and Pretzels podcast today. Thank you for having me. You're actually a venture partner at Entrepreneur First, a board member of the German Startup Association, and you regularly publish articles. You also became a podcaster recently. Uh, you talk a lot about the startup ecosystem. So we have a lot of things, obviously, to talk about. So I'd love to start with getting a little bit into just the experience of being a person in venture capital, uh, in the venture capital world. How did you end up and succeed here? It was by coincidence, actually. So my husband has been uh, doing angel investments since, uh, almost since I know him, so more than 15 years. And um, then he um, started a job at a venture capital firm. And, Which uh, one? Um, Holzbrink Ventures. Oh, okay. And uh, from that point on, he stopped doing angel investments and uh, it became really boring because uh, we used to talk about all these pitch decks that would come home and um, we would always discuss them and decide together if he would invest or not. And that just stopped all of a sudden. And at the same time, I was in the startup world because I was the first employee at a company called Blacklane, which is a limousine uh, services company. And we grew really, really fast. It was so like the first thing that I saw in the market even before Uber yeah. arrived, right? When did you guys start? Uh, 2011, uh, okay. was, they founded it 2011, but um, I started 2012. Um, I was the first one in the office because the two founders were still at their current jobs at the, at the time. And we grew really fast. So it was um, within two and a half years, I left after two and a half years, we grew. Uh, we were 200 people. We, the services were available worldwide. And it was just a, an amazing ride. And then I had a child and I started... Um, Uh, doing digital consulting uh, with big corporations who wanted to buy startups and uh, startups who had um, some growth issues. And um, just by being in this world, I noticed that it's very male, very white. Um, people come from the same schools and it's just like a, a, a network, which is really close. And I thought there, mu there must be like a niche. There must be like a white area, which is being overlooked and um, underserved at the moment. And uh 
why don't I take that and uh, make a lot of money <laughs> by investing in, in that white spot that others just don't see nowadays. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you started with something that you called gender lens investing. So describe what this means and how you moved even beyond that idea. Yeah. So gender lens investing is a, um, a word which comes from, from the United States and um, which just says, if you invest, then apply a gender lens. So always think about uh, gender issues while you're investing. So think about diversity, think about um, how people build their teams and so on and so forth. And uh, we started off because we said we are three women. So also um, it's, it's Fabiola, Tina and myself investing together. And we thought, Uh, why don't we we go this way and try to invest into uh, female founders? Um, but so within the first wee year, we saw around um, 700 pitch decks and met with a lot of people. So I think 80% of these people we actually did meet. Um, and we figured out, and it was not only women, it was also men. And we figured out that um, we also liked some of the uh, male uh, entrepreneurs a lot. And um, so we kind of pivoted out of the gender lens and we um, figured out that What we really want to do is we want to invest a little different than the typical venture capital firms do uh, by looking at sustainable growth instead of exponential growth. The uh, venture capital firms, even the bigger they get, they have to invest in companies that uh, can become or actually uh, have have a big probability of, uh, of becoming um, a unicorn. And for us, um, we said it's good. We, we also want to have a unicorn in our portfolio, but it has to be a sustainable growth. Describe what you mean by sustainable growth. We mean cash efficient uh, business models. We mean business models where the product is um, in the center and or the, the service is in the center and not the marketing budget that you have. Uh, so the business model is more important than the than the financing of the <laughs> of the company. And yeah, that, so that's the one. One direction we were looking at, the sustainable growth. And the other thing that we were actually um, focusing on was, uh, we, we call it um, founders with a progressive DNA. So this word progressive DNA, we just um, uh, invented it. Uh, but what we mean with that is we want people who are impact driven, people who e apply work 4.0 in their business models, people who uh, really look at diversity and want, want diversity in their company and so on and so forth. You mentioned that you got 700 pitch decks and you met like with almost everybody. It's always when it comes to like these gender issues, like diversity issues generally, I mean, we're not only talking about female entrepreneurs, we probably also talk about black entrepreneurs, older entrepreneurs, younger entrepreneurs. Uh, and many people would argue, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really find enough of these entrepreneurs to invest in. They are not enough in the market. Uh, so you made a different uh, experience then? So I don't think, I, I think uh, percentage wise, there are a lot less of those diverse founders, a lot less. But um, we apply, so, so we say um, everyone around us and every, everyone tends to use their similarity bias when investing or when hiring people or just uh, when looking for friends. And um, so we just thought, why don't we just apply our similarity bias uh, when investing? So what we figured out is that we just tend to like 
female investors and just different diverse investors, uh, diverse founders. Sorry, we tend to like them more. <laughs> so um, now we have a portfolio of nine companies, and of those nine companies, over fifty percent have at least one female founder, and almost all of them have diverse founders. So of uh, d- different um, uh, backgrounds, uh, and yeah, it, it, it's just nice to see that we have a completely different portfolio than a typical VC does. Uh, the the point I want to make is there's not a pipeline issue, right? Because many people would say, oh, I would love to have like more entrepreneurs f- with a diverse background in my portfolio, but they aren't just enough. So, so you made a different experience, obviously. I made a different experience, but the fact still um, applies that there are are percentage-wise a lot less diverse founders. And that's definitely the case. And we are, uh, we, we think we, you can change that through different measures, like the government can uh, apply changes, the VC world can apply changes. Also, the grown-ups can actually uh, change things by hiring more um, higher management, um, diverse people in higher management uh, positions and so on and so forth. But it's the fact is we have... Um, 13.7%, I think, female founders in Germany. And obviously, it's, it's 13.7% yeah. of the pitch decks. Right. Yeah. So th- we do actually also have a pipeline uh, problem. And the pipeline pro- pro- problem, to solve it, we have so many levers that we can use. And one of the levers is, why don't we get more females and diverse people? So it, it can be anything, some kind of diverse investors. And uh, we're right now, I'm at the Startup Association, as you said, we're trying to um, push this topic and trying to write a position paper um, to show to the government where and, and also the grown-ups and the VCs where we're uh, asking everyone in the ecosystem to try to be a bit more diverse. When you think about the early days of your, uh, your company also, when you guys met and you kind of came up with the idea, how did this look like? I love this story. So <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Um, one of um, one of the most known German uh, female founders, Kati Ernst from Uya, uh, um, she told me one day, she's like, I have this friend who you have to meet. Uh, you will love her. And so she introduced me to Tina. And um, I don't know how to say this word in English. And Fabiola, I met at the Rückbildungsgymnastik. Oh, oh, it's after you are pregnant, uh, then you have to make gymnastics. <laughs> Yeah. to, I don't know, to, 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 to empower your muscles. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that's where... In certain areas, just for the male audience here, <laughs> you know, if you know what I mean. So that's exactly where I met Fabiola and we were there with our babies and trying to get everything back in order nice. <laughs> after birth. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we just didn't like talking about the babies, but we right. prefer talking you about want, business. You want to talk about something else, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, um, well, we had this one dinner where um, it was Kati from Uya, uh, Fabiola, Tina and myself. And we stayed up till, I don't know, four or five in the morning drinking and uh, discussing um, just different things. And so, so this dinner was like the initial point, but it was not the starting point. And after that, um, Tina and I d- decided, okay, we're going to get Fabiola to, to join us in this initiative. And we had our first meeting in my kitchen. And right here in this apartment? Uh, no, I used to live in a different apartment, okay. but in mm-hmm. the different apartment in my kitchen. And uh, we started working for months out of my kitchen. And I was really 
enthusiastic about telling everyone that we're working out of my kitchen while it's my colleagues, Fabiola and Tina, um, asked me not to do so because they said, we have to be more professional. We have to do things a little bit more uh, with structure and so on. And I, But I really liked it. I said, look, we're going into the VC world and saying we want to be a little bit different. Why don't we also work out of our kitchen? <laughs> right. So, so talk about what you want to make and where you want to make a difference in, in the venture capital world. You mentioned that you are already invested in nine companies. So talk about, you know, what kind of companies you are looking for, for the entrepreneurs in our audience who might be interested, you know, to get in touch, you know, what level, what specific areas, verticals, what are you interested in? So currently um, we're looking into uh, early investments. So in the angel phase or pre-seed or seed phase, um, due to the capital that we have, <laughs> we're thinking of going into later stages um, within the next couple of years. Uh, but this is where we stand right now. So we're doing early stage investments and we're looking for business models that have some kind of positive impact, societal positive impact. Um, it doesn't need to be an impact case, but it's um, it's some kind of good for the world, I would say. That's something that is really important to us. And um, and we, we're just looking for founders that we really ma match with and who we can help because we, I think we, the three of us bring a lot to the table. Fabiola coming from the private equity world, she was a partner at a private equity firm. So she knows a lot about um, how exit for, for, uh, for a founder um, and uh, structuring deal rounds and so on. Uh, and Tina, she used to work at the, or is still a little bit at the Axel Springer Plug and Play Accelerator, the original accelerator and has worked with so many companies in the early phase. So she's really knowledgeable about the very, very early stage. And I'm more of the growth um, uh, expert. So we have all phases covered and uh, we were hoping to find founders who we can help through those phases. And we're also hoping to help founders who typically um, wouldn't actually get a foot on the table at a typical VC firm. So just people that are different, um, that communicate in a different way, that uh, have a different business model. Yeah, that's what we're looking okay. for. Okay. I just remember coming back from Silicon Valley was all about, oh, I did Uber, I did Spotify, I did Facebook. So how do you make a name for yourself as a company here in the European ecosystem or the German ecosystem where you are investing? Really difficult to answer. Um, with us, it's. I think we, we have a really good time right now. So people are um, thinking about diversity a lot. So we don't need to say we invested into Uber or something. We actually have cool, really cool investments that uh, people also know. Like next week, uh, Gitty, for example, they do na sustainable conscious um, nail, nail polish. polish right? Yeah. They're going to be in Hülle der Löwen next week. So, oh, um, which is a TV show uh, on German TV, like yeah, the um, like a German Trump. version of. Shark Tank, because we have like some American and UK um, people in our audience. So just, you know, to explain that yeah. to them. Okay. So big deal, obviously. So we have s several companies and, um, but, but that's not what actually makes us have a, have a foot in the door and have a name. I think for us, it was just by coincidence because we are one of the first uh, who, who are females uh, investing <laughs> and who actually are passionate about uh, changing this whole industry and making it more diverse. Um, and it, it was just by chance. So all of a sudden people were asking us, like newspapers were asking us, can we have an interview? And so it, it was ch by chance. We didn't really do anything. Um, but I think if you want to have a name in the, in the, in the industry, 
Um, one of the main things I learned is networks are really powerful and people, um, if you, if you are different, like myself, people are really happy to talk to you and they really want to learn from you. Yeah. How's the situation look like in the venture capital world? I just remember that's like very, like from my experience, very, very, very tough. You have to fight like to get into the big rounds, into the big deals. How do you look at that landscape and, and what do you think you specifically bring to the table to, to be attractive for entrepreneurs? Yeah. Well, for us, what do we specifically bring to the table is exactly that we are not like a typical VC. So we, um, we're all mothers and we actually see the way we, we interact with our investments in the way that a mother would interact with her child. So we enable them and we, um, Uh, we also look at them in a different way and what we try to find like a, a good for every, like a win-win-win situation in every case. Um, and I think that makes us attractive. I, th this venture capital, how can you succeed in this venture capital world? I cannot answer that because that's not the world that we are. We, we see ourselves a little bit next to the venture okay. capital world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, succeeding in the venture capital world is just bringing lots of knowledge to the table, being a really per a person that um, founders seek help for and uh, who is knowledgeable in different situations who can really help you out if you're in a tough spot. Uh, I think that because that's what I see what my husband is doing the whole day. So he's helping founders in their day-to-day -day business with difficult situations, enabling them, giving them access to his network and so on and so forth. But right. I think that's basically what you have to do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in your opinion on, you know, some of the current examples of big German funded companies, because you see some of them, at least when you look at N26 or Wirecard, that actually went for growth, that went for market grabbing, obviously run by male, uh, male entrepreneurs. Do you think, you know, a female entrepreneur would have done this differently? I think N26 and Wirecard are different examples. <laughs> so Wirecard now has a big scandal and they've... Um, um, They've just not been clean in what they do. And uh, I think it's it's really tough for their whole startup ecosystem and all of fintech in Germany. I'm 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 really saddened by what happened. Um I mean it's actually fraud, right? I yeah, mean. it's fraud. It's fraud. And that, <laughs> I'm I'm really saddened because you know it it's um the light sheds also on the whole of the the rest of the startup ecosystem. And that that's what makes me sad because mm. um The startup founders are not fraudulent per se. <laughs> I mean, this is an example, a really bad example of how how you sh uh, how you can found a company. Um, right, but I've seen that many times that you have like, and I know this from friends who I have in the entrepreneurial ecosystem who say, well, if I get like this funding from this, I mean, at again, venture capitalist, uh, there's so much pressure on my company. I have to grow. I have to bring in the numbers. I have to, I don't know, double revenue. I have to bring in this ROI. Maybe if you get pushed so hard, these things happen. And it's not only like in, in a wire card or like any other example here in the European ecosystem. It's also like looking at Uber, for example, what happened there, like all this pressure, this always hustle ideology. And I think, you know, it's just like the other side could be the other side of it. Yeah. And it has to do with the way venture capitalists deal with entrepreneurs and, you know, put pressure on them, at least a little bit. I think, I think it's a case by case scenario. So um, applying pressure as a, 
as an investor is something that you do if you if if you think things are going in the wrong direction or if they have to be there has to be more growth and so on. I think um, the mentality of some in that area is wrong. Like for example, um, just exponential growth without thinking about uh, how can we actually um, build a, a sustainable long-term business is something that you really have to think about. And the Corona has actually um, helped in that area. So th the classic typical VCs are right now not thinking about how can we do these types of business models, but are actually changing the way they are thinking currently. Mm -hmm. But I see it. Yeah, I, it's it's not the way that I would do it. And just to answer your question, uh, if there would have been females investing in those companies, I think, yes, probably things would have been a little bit different. But um, every like look at companies like Zalando. I mean, there is, there, there is market, there are markets and a specific business models where this works and you and have to do okay. it. Yeah. And you have to, do, the VCs have to do it right. because they have to pay back the fund. Right. They have to do yeah. their, the, everybody's under pressure. Everyone's yeah. under pressure. So they actually have, it's mm. not something they don't do it because they're mean people. They're actually, right. most of them that I know are pretty cool people, right. Yeah, but uh, it's just how the business works. Right. I was talking to Niklas Östberg yesterday with Delivery Hero and obviously, you know, he's going for growth as well. And he's not thinking at all about you know, having a profitable business model because he, he knows that he has to do that to fight you know, the big companies, Amazon, just to name one. But I, you know, was was curious at how you look at the technology landscape. You mentioned Corona, the pandemic. There are many things that changed in, you know, what kind of technology people look at. Education would be one, healthcare would be one. What technologies are you specifically curious about um, as an investor? Right so we're now? actually uh, um, agnostic, but right now because of um, uh, Corona, obviously there are several things that uh, are, are pretty interesting. One space that we are have been looking at since the beginning, but now we are just seeing a, a lot more decks than we did before Corona is actually health tech. Mm -hmm. um, and um, also lots of uh, in in the impact area, lots of which are not impact businesses because they want to be uh, they want to make money and they want to be uh, but uh, they that they have a sustainability angle. Like for example, um, companies that offset CO two or or in that area right. that's really picking up right now. And um, I mean, we should use Corona as a chance to actually, uh, as you said, also the education sector. It's not a sector that we would typically invest into, but um, we can really make changes. If you talk to Verena Pausta, for example, she is uh, really changing this ecosystem and hopefully we will get into a, um, a, a, an, an area where um, all of these, these um, businesses, industries uh, have been developed more than they have in the past because the past has not been, in, these um, areas have not been in the focus in the past. Right. And I, I think there's a pretty good chance for these impact businesses and social entrepreneurship businesses. And you, you see that with, you know, Noble Networks as Ashoka, for example, and many, you know, many others, other very interesting companies, Sarah Brun, for example, with Social Bee, you, you know, there are businesses who are not just doing this for charity. They do this because, They want to bring in profits, yeah. which I think those is those we want to invest into. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're looking at many, many business models right now. We have one company; she's trying to make um, uh, like plastic out of old clothes. Okay, and, uh, going into the circular economy yeah. area and so on. It's just it's it's a 
powerful and there's just so much to do in that uh, in that space and I think it's super exciting. Yeah. Looking forward to the next couple of months. <laughs> With your background, you worked obviously at a consultancy, you worked at Blackline as an entrepreneur, your, your specifics is in, in, you know, growth strategies. What kind of advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are not like this stereotype male entrepreneurs who might be women who come from a different background. And I'm also thinking about coming from a background, you know, that's probably not like this, you know, rich, you know, people background, maybe people who don't have any connection to like capitalism in, in, in general. So what's your advice from your perspective as an investor of how they can, you know, overcome hurdles in their own mentality because they might be, you know, afraid to step forward and also to become like seen and visible in, in the setup world. Because I think like for at least from our perspective, it's it's also a question of who you give like the stage, who is in the spotlight. What's your advice here? That's actually one of the main issues why we don't have enough female founders in, in Germany at least is because we don't have enough role models. So um, just to, answer, to to speak about that, well, I think uh, we talked about networks before. One of the main things I would recommend people to do is to try to access networks uh, because um, and if you if you are that type of founder, then feel free to contact me because we have many founders who are different who contact us who we try to uh, bring into this uh, whole ecosystem. So networking is one of the main uh, things. Second thing is um, get feedback as much as you can uh, concerning your business idea and practice. So if you the more feedback you get, like practice your pitch, practice it with people who are in the industry who actually know what... Typical. If you're pitching in, in front of a VC, then maybe ask someone who has pitched in front of a VC before and get their feedback on um, if this is what they want to hear. Um, that's that's another really powerful thing that I, I would say. And the third thing is um, we see lots of people who don't early enough think about their cap table mm -hmm. and um, keep a clean cap table and speak with people. That's Everything actually has to do with networks at the end of the day, but speak with people and ask them how to keep a clean cap table and uh, how much should I, um, how much percentage should I should I uh, give away at this point uh, of of raising funds uh, and so on and so forth. What but feel I free to reach out to me. I can always help with those things. Yeah, and we are happy to help to get in touch with you uh, for our audience. What if I don't have a network? How do I build my network as an entrepreneur? If yeah. I'm like, I don't know, in Passau, for example, yeah. or, you know, if I'm not like in the spot. Well, right now, I mean, we're doing a lot of things remote, right? And there's so many offerings remote, like, for example, bits and pretzels. So buy a ticket for bits and pretzels and just mingle with people. I and mean, you will be there as well. Yeah. And we are very happy about it, yeah. obviously. Yeah be, yeah, be proactive. So try to really go to all of the events uh, in the industry. You can research those. You can just look at meetups. Um, Look at the big, big events uh, around around f founders and and meet people, talk to people, try to reach out because that's that's what you if if you're in Passau, if you're a founder in Passau, just to give you give that example, um, maybe you'll have to travel a little bit once we things open up and and get get in touch with people. According to several sources, um, among them, the female founders monitor the consequences of the pandemic have hit female founders harder than others. Is this something, you know, that you experienced, you know, in your network, your ecosystem as, as a, you know, somebody who's investing as well? And what do you think needs to be done to, to help to, you know, 
ease the situation yeah. for female entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, um, yes, to answer the question, I, it's exactly the experience I've had. Actually, also, um, and I, I'm amazed that that actually would happen to me, but also to myself it happened. So um, the lockdown came and all of a sudden, I would say I took over at least 80% of the further work with kids at home, right. which um, typically you would think, well, let's do just 50-50 or something or uh, try to organize ourselves in a better way. Um, female founders in general in Germany have uh, four hours per week less for their um, for their um, company than, than male founders have. And most of them are mothers. Um, and that's just the case. It's, I think it, it, how can we change it to answer the second part of the question? The question, I think it's a cultural aspect, which is one of the main aspects. It won't happen tomorrow, but what do we have to do? We have to, um, get those, uh, girls in schools to, um, think about founding, for example, think about how do I want to, um, how do I want to build my company? If I, if I have a company, um, how can I make it possible to do it next to, to kids? Structurally, we have, um, we could do a lot, actually. The state could provide a better, higher quality and more, um, uh, access to, to, um, support for children um, child care child care yeah. exactly and just to support women in um, and men i mean there's also many fathers uh, who who stay at, have to stay at home and have to take care of the of the kids but to, to make a better structure um for that to work out did the pandemic change your investment strategy um, at no. all? Actually, the the funny thing is we um, we have this deck presenting ourselves, and um, this deck also encompasses the the investments we have made. And in uh, December, we just made a new a new deck, and we wrote in this deck, this is really crisis uh, resistant. Our okay. whole portfolio, super crisis resistant was uh, because we always think about um, the, the the type of growth that we're talking about, the type of founders we're talking about. So none of our investments will actually not make it through the crisis, mm -hmm. um, which shows us that what we wrote there, that we are, our portfolio is crisis resistant, that actually did take place. And no, we've actually not changed the way we invest because it just reassured us in in what we've been doing since one and a half years, which is pretty cool, actually. Before we go on, here's a brief message from us. You want to learn more from international female leaders and role models in tech? We've summoned the best of the best for our Bits and Pretzels Networking Week from September 27th to October 2nd. Joining us are Margit Venmakas, operating partner at VC firm Andreessen Horowitz, Michelle Romanov, co-founder of investor ClearBank, Anne Bowden, the CEO and founder of Starling Bank, and... Jillian Tans, the chairman of Booking.com, and more. Write to us at media at bitsandpretzels.com to receive 10% discount on regular ticket prices. Again, that's media at bitsandpretzels.com. Tickets are limited. So better hurry up. So I think 
it's a perfect moment to uh, move over to the second part of our podcast, which is our Bavarian beer garden break. Um, uh, and at, at least if it, it's like really early uh, today here in, in Berlin, Mitte, we just imagine to sit at the table at Oktoberfest and enjoy a taste of good old Bavarian beer uh, to loosen our tongue to get to a little more personal conversation. So, uh, Gesa, what are we drinking to? We are drinking to the future, we are drinking to the end of Corona, and we're drinking to a more diverse startup ecosystem. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and we're drinking to that uh, the Oktoberfest may take place next year again, Hopefully. because I really, I mean, really miss it. And I don't know how the Bavarians take it. Well, take I take it, it really. I take it badly, so yeah? I miss it. I okay. really, I go every year. I have all my dildo in my closet. And oh yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I miss it. I, okay. I really want to go. <laughs> If you could have a beer at Oktoberfest with any person, uh, dead or alive, who would it be? With my kids. With my kids, I think the coolest people in the whole world are my kids and the people I want to spend most time with. You obviously are involved, you mentioned that earlier, with a group of women capitalists and venture capitalists and also other capitalist investors. Uh, and the idea is to basically get together and have a network of female founders uh, and, and, and investors uh, to, to come to, uh, you know, for advice. And I'm curious, there has been a lot of organizations in, in the area, um, organizations, networks of women. Uh, I know it's like kind of early but did you notice any difference already in in the market through these networks yes i have yes so um the network that you're talking about is called evangelistas so we're a group of um 90 female business angels actually we met last night at one at the house of one of the um evangelistas and because of corona we had to um, limited to 20 people, but we were 20 women together. And uh, I noticed a big difference. I noticed a difference in the fact that more women want to invest, which I think is great. Um, and I notice a difference in the way the networks are happening. So right now, um, there's a lot of support. I, I, the generation before us, I think um, the women really, really fought to being at the top of a company or being uh, in the venture capital or private equity world or so of So they had to fight a lot, and which is amazing. And we're so thankful for that what happened. But right now, uh, what we're trying to do is more of a helping each other. So it's more of uh, everyone helping the other person to do things uh, because we think that this whole environment can work if we all stick together and we all um, provide, uh, enable, enable each other. I think do, that's... Do you think we have to build new systems or new networks because the networks and, you know, the system of making a career in tech as an entrepreneur, as an investor, are just not built for women because they're obviously built by men and You know, I, I'm, I'm talking, you know, about this topic specifically with some friends from, from California, right? And they say, well, you know, you can't succeed in a system that's built, you know, for, for, for people who don't look like you and who yeah. don't act like you. So would you agree there that, you know, we have to build new networks that are, would totally look different? Well, they are being built already. Um, there is, for example, uh, from the U.S., the Zebra um, uh, Initiative. Um, which is exactly that. It's it's just a different way. It's the f so it's a couple of founders who came together and said uh, we don't really want to um, have those types of, of types of investors who 
take equity, uh, take a lot of equity and push us into something that we don't want to be. Um, and it's the same with what we are doing currently. So I would say these networks are, we don't need to, we are initiating them, all of us, and they're just evolving. And I think it's uh, it's exciting to see how they evolve. And it's not only the females. I In Germany, there's a couple of uh, investors that we're talking to who are starting to look at the way how we can invest in, in a different way. And um, But I think we still need VC. I think uh, venture capital and private equity and so on is useful for a specific type of um, of company but all the other companies also need support and those mm-hmm. are the ones that we're ta- tackling like for example um, there's revenue based um, right. uh, financing mm-hmm. and so yeah. on and all of these are, are different systems that right. you're talking about yeah. and they are evolving and yeah, I yeah, think we, it's exciting yeah we have Michelle Romanov of Clearbank who's like yeah. one of the companies yeah. at, at BITS uh, as well and they had her on the podcast she's really cool uh, really cool lady uh, yeah, so, so I would love to meet her yeah so obviously different uh, you know new models uh, yeah. if, in, in the investment world I'm just asking that because in at least in my experience and you know what I'm hearing from other female entrepreneurs or like friends I talk to it's not the question to get into a certain position or in a company or like have like a certain position in a startup it's actually about staying there right (laughs) because as as we've seen with like very prominent examples Jennifer Morgan for example at SAP you know obviously you know companies have realized and understood that they had to bring more women into these leadership positions but you know the problem is to you know retain them because the system is probably not made for them right so they get pushed out or they at least you know decide for themselves you know what I don't care I, I would try something something else right or you I mean the system is it's just that the we come back to the similarity bias so again if there's only males and one female how are you going to change things how the, how the things work so yeah. I think um I really, when I was young, I didn't want a quota for those uh, aspects, but Mm. now I'm, I I think it's the only way to actually manage it. And I don't think we need different systems. I just think we need, the current system needs to um, open up and actually make force um, more people into higher positions who are diverse. And not only one within a group of, uh, I don't know, eight people, it needs to be, I don't know, 30% is just a a number that I I, I would think uh, um, sounds good. And that's when I think that they will be able to stay there because then they actually also have peers that they can talk to and they have a little bit of, um, uh, it's like a a power against... um, against I, I don't like the word, word against but to show that you can do things in a different way and it's also a question of who you invest in right yeah. I mean in, in you know many companies that I know from Silicon Valley there are female investors in you know certain like general partner for example but and this is something I talk with Michelle uh, a lot about you know if you are a female partner in a venture capital firm you're probably the only female partner in the venture capital firm it's a high risk to all you know then you know invest again in something that's you know just coming up which is another female entrepreneur so there you have like this vicious cycle right so so and and i think there's something that you might think a lot about as well you know is it just i don't know the task for other women to support other women or shouldn't we have like a broader network? Yeah, we need a broader network. And not only a broader network, we need support from the government actually 
enforcing this. Like, for for example, the um, governmental VC funds in uh, in Germany, Coparion, HTGF, and so on, uh, they don't have any managing director who is a female. I mean, right. um, so I think starting there, being the the state being a limited partner needs to, or actually, I would also say all limited partners should, should actually address this issue and say, we need a quota. We need a specific amount of female so that they don't think they have to invest into whatever the other males do, but use this diversity. Because look at diff- business models like Spanx in the US. I mean, it's a it's a unicorn right. and um, and it's a female founder. And there, I, I'm, I'm sure there's more examples of what could have been also a unicorn and was just not finance because there were um, males on the investor side. Coming to our toolbox right now, which is a part of our podcast where our guests share three tools they have for entrepreneurs. You know, might be an advice, might be something they learn from their career. What are your three tools? Number one. One that we talked about a lot today is networking. <laughs> uh, concerning networking, I always people always actually mostly females always approach me and say, "Well, I, I'm I'm not really outgoing, and um, that's why networking is really difficult for me." I don't see it as a business thing. For me, it's like I'm, I meet people and I really love learning from people. And I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast loves learning. And if you love learning, then talking to people will definitely give you something positive because there's always something to learn from other people. Um, so change your mindset when you are networking and don't see it as, oh, I'm networking because of business, but more I'm meeting lots of people and learning uh, through this networking. Number two, it's about getting informed as much as possible before you start about your options because you can make many mistakes as a founder and um, you can mess it up early uh, by, for example, giving equity to someone and making it into debt equity and then not being investable after that. That's just one of the examples. So really uh, try to be informed, do your paperwork and so on and so forth. Um I actually have a presentation, if anyone listening would like it, it's called Don't Mess It Up Before You Start, where I can provide it, where it's just some tips what you can, what you should think about before actually starting your company. Number three, don't give away too much of your company too early. So what we say is um, by the first million that you have raised, don't give away more than, I mean, and this is a really high number, 30%, I would even try to get lower, 20% or something. Don't give away too much of your company too early because it's your company and you should be the one at the end um, succeeding and um, having something from the success. Coming to our either or game, which is the last part of our uh, of our conversation, uh, it's where I give you two words. Uh, you have to choose one and explain real quick why you've made that choice. Okay. And the first one is obviously bits or pretzels. Bits. Because there's just a lot more imagination <laughs> in that word. <laughs> spending or saving? Spending. I love spending. I love the the moment when you um, when you think about okay, I'm going to do this, whatever it is, invest. <laughs> Conquer or compromise? Compromise. Because I think if we do things hand in hand and it's um, something that it's a solution, which is which everyone can can live with, it's um, uh, for the better in the world. And this is a fun question because we're actually sitting in your kids room where you have a lot of it, a chaos or order? 
chaos because I think it's um, more innovation than chaos. Ideas or numbers? Ideas. <laughs> ideas. I, um, you need numbers, definitely, but uh, without ideas, uh, there's nothing to put numbers to. Tradition or transition? Also transition. Um, I prefer looking into the future and I think uh, tradition is important and to have that in mind, but looking forward is even more important. Speaking or listening? Listening. You learn so much. Geza, thank you so much for coming on the Bits and Bites podcast. It was a huge pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so here. much for having me. <laughs> thank you. It was great. Thanks. All right. That was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. You find all episodes of this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Spread the word and please tell at least five friends about us. We would really appreciate it. Don't ever miss breaking startup news from Munich, Austria and Switzerland again. And learn the latest about what top founders and VCs from the international innovation community we have in store for our event in the fall. Come and visit us at bitsandpretzels.com. Again, that's bitsandpretzels.com. Stay safe and see you next week. <laughs>